Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm your host, J.D. Wilson, and oh man, today on the show, we've got one of my favorite people on earth. It's Miss Jackie Rowe Fields. Uh, Jackie is an administrator at the Soulsville School here in Memphis, uh, local charter high school. And uh, she has been in education for her her whole career. And her uh, stops have been at higher ed, uh, private institutions, at public elementary institutions, um, public middle schools as well. So she has been um, in a variety of different places. Uh, Jackie and I met years ago working at the same elementary school here in town. And one of the things that drew me to her um, initially as a friend was this that we had um, uh, we had some of the best discussions I've ever had in my entire life with a very diverse group of people. And Jackie navigated those conversations really brilliantly. I would watch her every year at teacher trainings or uh, just really holding court in the front office with whoever was around at being able to help both parents, uh, students, teachers, and uh, other adults that worked in the school navigate really tough discussions um, with with a lot of skill. So we wanted to have Jackie on today to talk about how we do that, how we navigate some of these hard conversations. And um, and one of the things that sh- that came out of this conversation was uh, the the valuable um, art of unlearning. The, the need to unlearn some things in our own lives and how we go about doing that. Uh, it's a great discussion, a great conversation. You'll hear us pick up in kind of mid-conversation um, and really right out of the gate, I tell one of the most embarrassing stories of my life. So um, you'll have that to look forward to. Um, Jackie is a, a, a great, great guest on the show. Uh, we'll hope to have her on in the future as well. Um, uh, really fun interview today. Can't wait for you to hear it. It's Miss Jackie Rowe Fields. One of the things that is needed is is for everyone to be, uh, you know, mutual listeners and learners of each other. Um, and um, if I could use this moment to tell this story um, that that really pivoted this for me, um, I had a bunch of head knowledge, a bunch of information. Um, and again, like I said, I grew up in Atlanta, so I had a lot of a lot of friends who looked different than me and had different cultural traditions than me. But um, I had not really had much experience in different socioeconomic situations. And so um, one of my first days working in the in the neighborhood, um, I am on the phone with the volunteer and I'm trying to get birthday celebrations set up for classrooms for the school. So I thought, hey, let's let's have volunteers come in and um, and they can do uh, bring cake and ice cream and stuff and we'll do birthday celebrations one day a month for everybody in that class because you know that learning time can't get interrupted and we want to make sure that we don't have you know celebrations 10 days a month we, could, we only want to have one but let's let's make it let's make it count it was coming from I think a good place mostly but Jackie heard me on the phone having this conversation and uh, one of the things that I said to one of the volunteers was, you know, it's just really important for us to make these kids feel like a million bucks on their birthday. And, you know, they might never have another moment that, uh, you know, for, for some of these kids, they might not have uh, anybody celebrate them on their birthday if we don't do this in this class. So let's, let's make sure that we, like, are there to celebrate them for that and I, even as I'm telling this story, I'm like mortified all over again, and I want to crawl in a hole and delete this and, and turn it off and stop recording. But thank you for your vulnerability, Katie. Thank you. Come along, come along. You're doing awesome. And I didn't see Jackie's face while I was saying it. Thank God. 
but yeah. I turned afterward and and I and to make what what we can now laugh about a serious moment for for a second. I I needed what happened next for mm-hmm. a, for a myriad of reasons in my life, but the graciousness that Jackie showed to me literally changed the course of my understanding of how these things need to happen, how these conversations need to happen. So Jackie turned and, and said, um, Hey, JD, I just want to challenge something that you said. Um, you, you, I don't know that you spent much time in a neighborhood like this before. Have you? <laughs> and it's like, no, uh, no, matter of fact, no, I haven't. <laughs> And she said, I, I think what you're going to realize is that uh, here in the hood, birthdays are like the Super Bowl. Like people celebrate their kids now. Like people celebrate their kids really, really well. And, uh, and she just explained, you know, explained it to me really graciously. And I wanted to crawl in a hole. Um, Jackie, will you tell, will you kind of tell that story from your perspective of like hearing me on the phone and not choking me out, but like having a, having a conversation instead? (laughs) So first of all, Tana, what you need to know is I wasn't eavesdropping on the conversation. Okay. (laughs) And and if you were, I think that might've been all right. Yeah. License. (laughs) We worked in a, in a common space. So, you know, imagine kind of like you know, a call center or something where it's just a room full of desks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, um, I think it was JD, myself, uh, Karen Bricky, Weisinger, and maybe Patricia Burns was in there, but the, the, the office space was filled with people and JD was doing his thing. And he did. I remember him, you know, being so excited and passionate about these birthdays and, you know, getting the volunteers all fired up. And to be be fair to JD, he was touching, you know, the soft spot, right? I mean, yeah. He was yeah. he was selling it in a way that was gonna get everyone on the bandwagon. So because yeah. they were probably very like minded. And um yeah. Miss Jackie, with her little lifetime mantra of no microaggression goes unchecked. There we go. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I turned to JD and and I, did I say, let me challenge you, JD? Or did I say, let me push, let me push you a little, uh, something to that nature. It was, the phrase was, let me challenge you on something because that phrase has stuck in my brain. And if I had to have hard conversations, it is not natural for me (laughs) to have easy entryway into those conversations. And so I have used that phrase a thousand times since then. Challenge you on something. So that sounds very much like a Jackie Rowism. Um, <laughs> and so for me, the idea wasn't so much of did you know that people celebrate birthdays? What I was trying to get you to realize is that the assumption you was make you were making, you know, you were you were painting with a huge broad brush and yeah. you didn't even hadn't even deserved to hold the brush in your hand. That's right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that's always the goal is just to get people to check where that assumption comes from, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. That's, that's what we do. I do it all the time. I, I do it all the time. Um, you come out of something you think you know automatically for which you have no basis for in many <laughs> cases. 
And to bring, I think that harks back to that learning and unlearning that you yeah. were talking about a little bit earlier when I was asking about the name of that conference, right? Because it's mm-hmm. so, I personally feel like for me, it's easy to learn some things. It's really the challenge for me is unlearning those implicit biases that are just deeply embedded in me because of who I am, where I grew up, the people I grew up around, the language that was used, the posture mm-hmm. that was used. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a lift. It's a lift to be humble enough to unlearn and to be willing to be challenged. I love the let no microaggression go unchecked. I've got to (laughs) figure out how you have patience, Miss Jackie, to live by that mantra. That's a, that's a huge mantra. Atana, it is, it's really a calling, I think. To yeah. be honest with you, I really, I really think that I was placed. We were talking about, you know, who are you and why are you here? I really believe that is an important part of my purpose here is because um, I'm able to enter those conversations with people and walk with them. Because, Tana, it's tough. I mean, you talk about gnashing of teeth and shedding of tears. Um, I've held a lot of hands while people stare at themselves in the mirror. And I really know it's just got to be, you know, the grace of God and the Holy Spirit helping me through those kinds of situations with people. And Jackie, for those who don't have a Miss Jackie to hold their hand and to Mm -hmm. shove them toward the edge they need to walk off of, um, maybe not shove, more like a Invite them. Invite them to the edge. Um, For those people who don't have, I'm thinking about folks who are who are right now self-examining and going, I know I need to have these conversations. I don't even know where I need to start with this conversation. How do you have any advice for people who are just just looking in the mirror for the first time, and how can they begin this process of of unlearning the and and I'm and Jackie, if you will, speak to folks on on all the ends of the spectrum here, not just white people or or you know white straight Christian people from a reformed tradition, but like anybody who might be listening from any different background. Like, how do you start that process? Yeah, I'm glad you you cast the net a little bit wider because um, you know truly we all have things that are deep and embedded in our psyche that we need to unlearn, and that. That comes from classism. It could be racism, gender bias. You know, I am a woman of wisdom now, as I like to say. I'm a seasoned saint. And so ageism comes into play. You know, there's no shortage of isms, right? We all have so many different kinds of isms that we can subscribe to. Totally. Um, But the first thing uh, I think is harking back to what Tana said. You've got to actually first realize that you need to do some work. And so once you come to a space where you say, hey, you know, I realize some of the stuff that I'm thinking might be a little bit jacked up. When you get to that place, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to really be patient with yourself. And I think people want to automatically fix it. You know, you read you read one book and you're done. And my advice to you is, brother and sister, it does not work like that. It is a daily process. You're not going to be one and done. Um, The other advice I would have is don't pick someone, let someone pick you. Mm. So 
And what do I mean by that? You know, JD, you didn't come to me and say, Miss Jackie, you know, hey, could you walk alongside me? Because <laughs> I'm here in the hood now and Ms. you're Jackie, black. Teach, teach and me. I don't about, know what I'm doing. Teach me about the hood, yeah. Miss Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> my advice is that for those people who are trying to grow is to be be their authentic self, be vulnerable in a public space, and someone who is like a Miss Jackie will then come alongside and partner you. There, there are people out there who are willing and able, because some people might be willing but not able, um, to walk that journey together with, with people who are growing. And I've learned, J.D., just as much from you as you think you've learned from me, whatever you think you've learned from me. I've learned just as much. Doubt it. And so, you know, it's reciprocal. Yeah, that's really good. I love it. Man. Um, last thought, Miss Jackie. So um, a lot of folks are, are coming to um, ETC from the get-go for parenting advice. They're, they're in, a, in a place of needing some help parenting, and, and someone recommends them to come uh, check out Empowered to Connect. And so uh, something you, a story you told me the other day about a conversation with your kids I thought was really important. Will you talk with, uh, with us about how you have, how have you had these conversations with your kids over time? And will you kind of finish by telling the story of, of what you asked them, the question you asked them the other day in light of everything happening in the world right now? Sure thing. So let me start with that, because um, a few weeks ago, my sister, Tracy Rowe, who does um, she does she goes live on Facebook during lunchtime and she's connected to the Red Table Talk with um, Jada Pickett Smith. And so she does a really fun conversation from like 1130 to 1230 on Facebook Live. Tracy Rowe, go check her out, you guys. Yeah, we'll link her in the show notes. (laughs) <laughs> so so Tracy had me on her live show to talk about parenting during this, you know, really difficult time of um, unrest. And she wanted to know what kind of conversations I've had with my own biological children, having three men, adult men that I've raised from a little seedling. And I went to them and asked them what had I taught them about being black and living in America as what, what as an African-American male did I give them that helps them succeed here? Uh, And what do they wish I had given them? You know, what was missing in their experience that they're like, gee, mom, I wish you had told us this. And so I got some really interesting um, comments from all five of them about, you know, I had done a great job helping them see what racism would look like, you know, the actual kinds of in your faces kinds of comments that you might get along, you know, along the way. We lived in a predominantly white neighborhood in Grand Rapids. It was actually Granville, Michigan. They went to a predominantly white high school and school. Um, and so, Certainly, you know, inevitably they were going to have to face some things and I had kind of prepped them for that. But what I what I got over and over again is I didn't give them the what to do next. Mm. Uh, Yeah. And I was like, wow, you're right, because I don't know sometimes what to do next myself, you know. Right. Um, 
And there were certain things in our family that, you know, things that were unacceptable. You're not going to hit a person, you know, you're not going to start a fight, you know, that kind of thing. Like, um, no, no initiative violence. Now I would tell them all, you have a right to defend yourself, but fighting, fighting is not something that was allowed. I didn't even want my own children to be, you know, tussling with each other. Right. Um, Right. 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 So they were like, we didn't, we, we had those things, but we didn't quite know what to do when they happened. And then, you know, the instructions would be, you know, you reach out to an adult, you know, that you, a teacher or a principal, but oftentimes those people visibly looked like they were also part of the problem. So we just didn't really know where to go in the establishment with that. And oh, boy, I'm, I'm going to tell you that hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, that is really deep. How do we prepare young people for the response? And my children are African-American, but all children, you know, if we want to switch to a society where this is unacceptable, then we all need to be prepared, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone has to be prepared if they encounter one of those aggressions. How do we react? And so that was, that was really eye-opening for me. Um, and I've really been thinking about that a lot because I still have a lot of conversations, especially with educators about, you know, how do we identify it in ourselves? But Tana, you'll relate to this. Um, we talk about in terms of behavior, if you're going to try and address a negative behavior, you want to replace that behavior, right? You want to put something good in its place, right, Tana? That's that's, That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So if we apply that concept to this kind of negative behavior, what are we doing to put something in its place? And we have to we have to go the second step. We've 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 done some work on identifying it and trying to get you to weed it out, but unless we put something in its place, the weed's just going to grow right back. Come on. That's so good. For me, I think that's the next phase of my own personal journey is I've spent a lifetime now, you know, helping make the invisible visible. That's what I've always said, making the invisible visible. Now I need to figure out how do I help people plant, you know, good good seeds in its place. Uh, and that's that's a tough gig. I'm having I'm having a harder time thinking about that than in the past when I've you know, dealt with something hurtful or hateful for whatever reason, I've, you know, I've toughened up my skin to be able to face those things. But how do I help, you know, you need to put something in its place. That's a harder sell. Well, and, and from you having worked over the last couple of years in every, essentially every level of education in the country. So from, you know, five-year-olds to 22-year-olds, yep. how, do you have any starting place for that? Like, what are some of the things that you think maybe parents could start to do at home to help their kids be equipped for those situations? So I'll tell you again, just this is my own personal story. My belief is that with little kids, um, we make difference, you know, shameful and don't point that out. And here's a prime example that I had. I remember my kids in elementary school went to a very diverse elementary school by choice. And we were at a family night, game night. 
And one of the little kids ran up to hug one of my children and said to them to their mom, Mom, this is Brittany. She's my brown friend. And the mom was mortified. Understandably, right? You know, that's <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> and so the mom was like, No, 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 you know, this is just your friend. And she was like, Yeah, but she's so she's brown. <laughs> And the mom tried to take that brown out of that child's mouth. Um, But the reality of it is we shouldn't teach our kids that those differences are negative. We somehow in our society need to understand that those differences are God-given differences and we should be able to celebrate them. Yes. Um, And I'm not saying teach children to go around and point out, oh, there's a Hispanic standing (laughs) on the over there and there that person's a black person. Lord knows they're not going to be able to find any Native Americans because I've been looking myself. Oh, but Jackie. That's Rose Rose. <laughs> Jackie. I'm sorry. Unlearned. Okay, so, so, so Ms. Jackie, could you like, could you rewind in a moment? And if that kiddo had been yours, could you reframe that response? Like, what do you think maybe would have been a good response? I think that I would say, yes, that is Brittany. And then have, you know, I would let the brown part just be part of reality. We we spend a lot of time teaching our children to be colorblind. And now, thankfully, we understand that colorblind is not the appropriate response, right? We want to see people and, and truly see them with their brownness and their tanness and their cafe au lait-ness. Yeah. and their whiteness. We mm-hmm. want all of that to be part of the identity. What we have to be careful is that we don't add on the negatives along with that brownness. At that yeah. point, that child saw brown as just the truth about who Brittany was. She was brown. She was her friend. She was smart. They liked the same books. They sing together. That was just one more aspect. And so I think I would have just said, yes, hi. Little person, yeah. so nice to meet yeah. you. And, and understand, right from child development, that's the right about the right time. They start really articulating those differences. So if we have absolutely a fairly solid understanding of child development, that's when they're gonna have always noticed it, but maybe start putting some language around it. So I'm yeah. hearing you say we don't have to shame it away and we don't have to sort of over celebrate it, just embrace it as part of what is. Am I hearing that, you say that correctly? Yes. You've, you've said it much more eloquently and succinctly than I possibly could because <laughs> I'm very wordy, but yes. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't mean it that way. I think my propensity might've been to be like, I know. And isn't she so beautiful? And like, I may have in my own uncomfortable, if I'm just really being honest, I may have overdone it, Miss Jackie. Sure. And like, and you over- know, I know I'm not supposed to under, I'm not supposed to hush them. So it's really, the the task for me is to sort of be calm and let Mm -hmm. the differences be, if that makes any sense. So I'm having some epiphanies right now, which is why I asked. I'm like, can you reframe that for me? Because I think I may have over responded. Tana, I think I think your response is the typical response, right? We swing the pendulum so far. You know, right, like, right? Yes, that is a brown person, and guess what? Brown people come in all hues. I know. And, I know. You know? <laughs> did you know that President Obama was a brown person? Right. 
We are just a mess. Miss Jackie, we're a mess. We're a hot mess over here. We are. We are. But that's what we do. That's exactly what we do. We swing the pendulum all the way to the other side and we overcompensate. And that's not a natural response either. But it flows out of our own, you know, effort to try to normalize, I guess, is what we're trying to do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good. Yeah. I love that. I, I'm sure Tana, I'm sure I, I can think of times if I, if I really strain where I probably have done something very similar, you know, it's good. Uh, I remember, um, years ago we, we had a, um, a neighbor down the street, Mr. Singh and Mr. Singh owned a fishing bait shop. And my kids would go down there and buy the crickets and not because we were going fishing, but just because they were strange and adventurous little kids. <laughs> and crickets are fun, said right. no mother ever. <laughs> <laughs> said no mother ever. So they throw a bag of crickets for Mr. Singh, right? And Mr. Singh, um, you know, he had a, a fairly um, thick accent. He had, you know, he wore the traditional garb and here I am, Tana, doing exactly what you're describing. I am going the extra mile. Okay. For me though, you know, I've got to like break out the geography. I got to show them like the part of the country where, you know, the part of the world where Mr. Singh is from. And I've got to go in and have a conversation with Mr. Singh and, and then, you know, I've got to know at least one or two words in whatever Mr. Singh's native language is. <laughs> okay, mean, that's too much. Right? Sometimes, team too much. Sometimes we can come on a little too much. Team too much. Team too yeah, much. Yeah. And I think we need our children sometimes to sort of look at us with a little side eye. Like, you can just take it down a notch, Mom. Right. It's a little, a little much right now. Just coming on a little much. That happened to me. I had a story this weekend with one of my teenagers where something happened and it ha- had this visceral, strong response. And I shared it with one of my kids and um, they were like, mom, I, th- I think you may not be assuming the best in this situation. I'm like, I, th- I think you're probably right. I mean, our kids have mm-hmm. so much to teach us, don't they? They just they have really so have. much yeah. to teach us if we're willing to follow their lead. They, they so, really yeah. do. They, they really do. And I will tell you, as crazy of a time it is, as it is right now, um, this sounds so cliche. I do believe the children are our future. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I agree. 100%. I really do. I have great hope and great confidence in our young people to, to get this right and to do this better than we have. You know, um, somehow I feel like I'm I'm in my 50s, so I'm not quite a baby boomer. I just missed it. But my my group of folk, we got too comfortable. I, you know, I think we we let the ball drop a little bit. And this we can't be comfortable. We have to always be on guard. Yeah. That sounds exhausting. I know. I know. But it's so easy for something insidious to creep in if we're not careful. I, I want to touch on something you said a second ago. I, I'm sitting there thinking my response would have been, Tana, exactly what you said, the overdone response, like, you know, and, and you know, gone, oh, and their skin's so beautiful. It's so amazing. And we do that with our with our kids inside the house and, and talk, you know, we were given advice by 
a sage, you know, couple friend of ours, the Ottingers, at some point, just to re- like have those conversations early and often within your home about differences and they're great and to be celebrated and all that. I, I it didn't strike me until you were talking, Jackie, about the the preciousness of teaching kids to communicate across differences normally without any filters, as opposed to, you know, being on guard that I've got to like drum up this person's differences and making the relationships about the differences instead of Mm -hmm. allowing the differences to contribute to the relationships. Mm -hmm. Well said. Again, that's perfectly said. That's right. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well said. Well said. Again, the, it's exactly what I mean, but more clear and more succinct, JD. <laughs> Maybe by the end of this conversation, we'll have it straightened out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, if we can, if we stay on the phone for another, you know, couple of hours, we'll have it all ready. <laughs> that's right. We'll work it all out. Uh, um, but really, JD, honestly, I think that's why, you know, you and I get along so well and I'm able to relate to people from so many different backgrounds is because I don't try to pretend like people aren't anything they are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're DJ JD and you and I (laughs) connected over multiple things. Right. But our, our race wasn't the thing we connected over, but it's the thing that contributes so beautifully to who we are. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's, that is so true. And I think this idea of, um, the world that we do live in, and especially with the internet neutralizing so many things that used to be geographically separated, the world that we're living in does get to be this beautiful celebration of how unique we all are and, and then how, how unique we all, um, how uniquely we bring something to the table. And when those uniquenesses become the focal point, it ruins the whole thing as opposed to us being able to just contribute proudly what we can and then enjoy the contributions of everybody around us. Um, And so I think, yeah, going forward, I think in in conversations in schools and in communities, like that's a huge, huge starting point is just being able to appreciate what we all bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. I mean, you know, I relate it to the body, right? So I don't just sit there and look at my hand and go, wow, you are a hand. <laughs> you are the most amazing <laughs> hand ever. But I know how important my hand is. <laughs> right. right, right, right. I think in your own family, and I'm going to I'm gonna um, go back to something you said about as you raise your children – building them up at home and giving them a healthy esteem, a a beautiful self-esteem and seeing themselves as, you know, created in God's image and why that's so important. Um, That's vital. Who said it? Frederick Douglass, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, Jackie, we, could and and probably should talk for another few hours about this. Um, but we'll we'll let you go after the any other any other things that you want to share with us or any other thoughts in this in this uh, conversation before we break out today. Hey, thank you guys for uh, having me on. Tom, it's so wonderful to sit and talk with you. We've got to do this more often, okay, Tom? I agree. Can we please? That yeah. would be my delight. <laughs> my delight. Thank you, Ms. Jackie, for coming on. Yeah. 
It's my pleasure. Love you, JD. Love you, brother. Love you, love you, love you. Yeah, we love you too, Miss Jackie. Well, we will talk to you soon and literally probably very soon. We want to have you back on at some point um, coming up. But thank you so much again for joining us. Awesome. Continue the incredible work you guys are doing. This is fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, thanks so much again for tuning in today to the Empowered to Connect podcast. Uh, What an awesome conversation with Jackie. Uh, I hope that you found it helpful. Um, If you did find one thing or two things in particular helpful, we'd love to hear. Um, On our website, you can find on the show page a spot for feedback, and we'd love for you to just uh, share your feedback with us. Let us know what is great, what's awful, um, and uh, and let us know how we can improve. Um, we'd also love to know any topics or or um, material that you'd love to hear. Is there somebody that you'd like to see us interview sometime soon? Let us know. We would love to uh, be able to give the people what they want here on the Power to Connect podcast. So uh, lastly, if you will, on um, Apple Podcasts, if you will rate and review us, that really does help us to become more visible to those who may be looking for content uh, like this. Uh, thanks to Kyle Wright, our engineer who is uh, mixing and mastering music for us, uh, as well as uh, Tad Jewett, the creator of our intro and outro music. Uh, thanks to Tana Oniger. Thanks to Jackie Rowe Fields. And uh, we hope to see you soon on the Empowered to Connect podcast. <laughs>